Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi there. I'm Kendra Adachi, and I host the Lazy Genius Podcast, a show that helps you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. But here's the kicker. You get to decide what matters, not me. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to give you a new way to see. Episodes are around 20 minutes and are full of practical, helpful information, as well as a lot of permission slips to do what makes sense for you. New episodes drop every Monday and cover a broad range of topics from laundry and getting dinner on the table to finding work-life balance and organizing your inbox. So I invite you to give the Lazy Genius Podcast a listen. Together, let's stop doing it all for the sake of doing what matters. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hello and welcome to the Strange Boat Podcast. I'm Keith Arthur and my shipmate on this voyage is an angler who made the transition from natural venues to commercials as well, if not better, than anyone. His record on the big stage is outstanding. And on the small stage too, as he stood next to me and Rob Palmer in Sky Sports Studio, presenting Fishermania several times. If you've not worked out who it is already, it's Steve Cook. How are you, Cookie? Hi, Keith. Fine, thank you. Good, good. So, um, you're not blushing, are you, from my intro? I, I wanted to carry on a bit more. That's why I've just given a bit more time. I thought, he's carry on, he'll get all the way through everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, you're about the generation behind me, so you, your transition from natural venues to um, to commercial venues, that's gone, wasn't quite as profound as mine. But 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 where did you where did your you fishing first start? Where where did you kick it all off? I started on the Chesterfield Canal as a, a, a young man. Uh, my brother fished, and my dad fished, and my grandparents fished. Uh, and as a Yorkshire man from Arrogate, me, me, me uh, great granddad, I used to come down, and we had to go fishing. We had to go fishing, and he used to walk me down the the uh, river idle with his uh, stewed corn and show me how to catch really at that time there were really big big roads really big roads a bit like if you, I don't know if you can remember the Welbeck roads really big beautiful looking fish um, so I watched and then he says right it's your turn to fish and I started fishing about four and a half five I fished my first match at six uh, which I won which is a Redford Glopen on the canal I won it with an eel and a perch I think it was like one pound four something not a lot of big weight but that was my first match and, and as they say that was me hooked on fishing yeah, that, that's incredible. That's that's a really, and I remember bits of the Chesterfield Canal stories about the Chesterfield Canal because you, you know I used to work for Darren and and that was on my air. Chesterfield wasn't, but Worksop was. Yes, and an idea about the, these remarkable catches of chub oh, yes. that used to be caught on that was the cemetery length. Yes, well, what what if I, if I go back in the seventies, a match that was won there when I'd left school uh, in the middle seventies, a match was won with perhaps. 
five to nine pound if you caught a couple of uh, tench or a chub. And then in uh, the summer of 76, if you remember, there was that massive heat wave. The, the yeah. canal was really low, all the rivers were really low, and there was a massive explosion of chub. And then within two years, we're catching little fingling chub, and you're catching eight pound all chub. And then two years <laughs> further on, all them became pound fish. And you could catch, literally, I've, I've had 120, 130 pound fishing with a bucket full of maggots, just spraying maggots everywhere like you would do on the river, below the weirs, anywhere with any flow. And they got bigger and bigger and bigger. Then all of a sudden, like everything, as it cycled and they died off, they're still chubbing there, but nothing like the amounts that there was. I think a three-hour night match, uh, a guy called C. Fretwell works up the lad. In fact, I don't know, you, you probably remember him, Keith, but he, he, he actually won a three-hour night match, I think, with 56 pounds. Well, well, one day he used to walk out and peg a peg every 10 yards. It would just walk, peg, peg, peg. There were no, well, thinking about trees. It would just walk and place them because there was 150 people. To have a reference yeah. book was dead man's shoes. You had to wait. They had 2,500 books and you had to wait for somebody to die to get to get a book. That's it. That's how popular it was. Um, obviously because the yeah. fishing was so good. And that's how, sort of where I started, where I met Jeff Ringer when he first come up. Oh, really? He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He come up and he started fishing. He fished with a pole and a pole truck and he says, what are you doing with one of them on here? And we sort of become friends and that's where our friendship and our fishing started together. So all families, obviously, with involved. Yeah, I've made a note to um, to, to talk about that later on. Uh, but we might, we might as well do it now because, you know, we... Rather jokingly, you were known as the false ringer, weren't you? Not, yes. not in the disrespectful sense that you were you were dressing up with a, a false beard, not like the, the lovely one you've got now, but a big <laughs> artificial beard and a, a pair of funny glasses and, and, and going as a, a ringer ringer. But yes. you, you were. You, you, it, it was you, Jeff, Phil and, and Steve. That's right. We went everywhere uh, together. I, I, I fished with Phil and Steve when they were young, really, really young lads. I mean, there's lots of funny stories going back, you know. I mean, we often have a, a laugh together. And I've watched them grow up and uh, become the anglers that they are, you know. And the, the old family are really, really cracking anglers. A lot of that's down to, to Jeff, because Jeff's angled through and through, and it's, you know, in his bones. And they they, they took that. It's part of part of them now. And as you know, the, Phil owns his uh, tackle business, and Steve's full-time professional angler, and... Uh, number one feeder angling world. They've certainly made Jeff proud, you know. If not everybody else, that know him, you know. But yes, we 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 uh, we started on the high days of fishing. We, we actually, if the truth be known, this is the used to fish a little win, uh, winter league started up on on the River Idol, and they wanted to fish teams of three. And me and my brother were fishing, and we hadn't got anybody else. And a guy called Pete. Where we used to run the local little matches. So, but there's a, I know there's a guy here who's joined our club who ain't got nobody to fish with. A guy called Jeff Ringer. Has he any good? He said, well, I, I don't know. He's, <laughs> he's, he's not from round here, like, but he's really eager. I said, oh, go on. Well, well, we need somebody who can fish with us. And he come up with his dear stalker, and he was only a young man then. Yeah. His dear stalker, and I thought, what, what have we signed up here? And of course, I think that first match, it, it, I must have been a second, I think. And we won the team, we had a really good day. So that was it. It was in our team and it was part of us. And we fished lots and lots of times together. Then. So, yeah, that was how it actually started. That's a fabulous story. You know, my um, lasting memory of Jeff will always be sitting there on Fishermania on the final. In, although he was on a box, he might as well have been in a chair. Yes. With his legs folded, <laughs> yes. arms crossed, waiting for the rod to go off the rest. And, and I... I, I I don't think it, that was actually when when the phrase was coined because I'm sure I heard Frank Barlow, um, God rest him, several years before talking about someone fishing with a pipe and slippers. That's right, yeah. And that's just what it was like with Jeff. He was so relaxed well, and calm. There was a, he is so I, relaxed I, and calm. Obviously, I was sat with him then. I think Steve was sat with him on the day on Fisherman. And Phil was with Phil and all the lads I knew him from Northampton was sat behind him. And I had one of these guys, and I'll, I'll never forget it. He says... Uh, don't panic, Mr. Mannering! And he's, uh, uh, Jeff, because Jeff's just sat with his arms <laughs> folded, no rush, no, you know, it just, it's what he'll be, will yeah. be. And that's how he is. Those are different. Yeah, Steve's completely different. They've all got different traits. Oh, Steve, Steve's like a, I, he's, 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 he moves, he's like butterfly's wings, isn't he? Yeah, he can't stop, yeah. he can't he's, stop. He's, he never stops looking, moving, no. fidgeting, twitching, looking at things. And I once yeah. said to, to Steve, I said, Steve, you, you spend more time looking round than you do at your peg. He says, the, the amount I learn in the quick time that I'm looking about, 
helps me more than anything. Yeah. I don't need nobody to tell me what, what's happening. I know. And no. and yeah, I, I, this is we, we drew next to each other on uh, uh, at Whiteacres Festival at uh, Guinea on one of those little points, and he on one facing me, and our yeah. poles are only probably five metres apart, and he's texting me. So I, I'm obviously, I'm at that, it's a few years ago, but he's there and he's, he's texting everybody because we couldn't catch a thing, couldn't get a bar. And he's texting people to find out what, what can I do, is there anything he can help me with, they give me a, 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 a bit of hand. And he texts me and he says, I found this out and I'm looking at it. So I sent him back, oh, right, yeah, I wonder if that'll work later on, putting some stuff under a platform. Anyway, my next text come back. I said, you've just had two bites while I've been sending that text to me. <laughs> he's looking at me, he can see me. And of course, you know, it was, but, but it, yeah. he's hyping. And Phil, <laughs> Phil's nearly as laid back as Jeff. Jeff's horizontal, but yeah. Phil's like, l- l- leans back and rests quite, they're, they're all different. They're all different people. Yeah. Well, just take a little step backwards now. What, what was it that, was it like the rest of us you, you, when you left the, the the natural waters, your the Trent, which is not far from where you live, and and I know, you know, the Bawtree lads were, were running away with stuff on the Trent with wasp grub, and it was a, it was a great time of Trent fishing, but then suddenly it finished, well, t- didn't it? About nineteen ninety two, it went what all wonky, and that's everything happened at the same time. Commercial fisheries came along, like Makins had been there three or four years, and the others started to come along. Then the close season was abolished. Sunday trading came in, so we couldn't park on the natural car parks and everything. What, what was it that made you leave? Well, one of the things that sort of got me was that we I used to fish the uh, Angling Times Winter League. I used to love me. T- my, my, my fishing used to be totally, summer was all bream. I loved my river well and neen, north bank, uh, uh, with them. I, I, I loved it and I won a lot of money and won a lot of big matches on that. I, I just really loved my bream fishing and I had a mindset. Um, and come September, I mean, we, we still fished the odd one through summer, but come September it was all river and occasionally I'm with them to fish a few running uh, waggler pegs. Um, catching the ropes in there in the winter and uh, at that time I travelled with Ian, me and Ian Turner was travelling together oh yeah so uh, me, me and Ian was tra- travelling everywhere together we took it in turns of travelling each other about and we fished the Anglican Times Winter League we worked so well there used to be 16 teams of 12 so it's a it's a big winter league and yeah and fishing was was awesome awesome when the chub was there feeding and the roach and there was steam coming off in it. and you remember Keith you get there and matter I do yeah your rings could run up, freeze up, you pump in water and they'd be all right for a bit because the, the water temperature was a lot, lot more than air temperature. And the fishing was... Try and stand in the water in wellies, four ski techs, boots, and it kept oh, your feet. That's right. You didn't need, you didn't need to be on yeah. river. Right. And then all of a sudden, obviously through Europeans saying that, that the water had to be, no heat had to go into the water and it had to be this and it had to be that. Of course, a sudden decline in the river started. And everybody blamed it totally on sewerage, uh, which I don't... I, and cormorants. Exactly. Uh, I remember yeah. when cut, when the water uh, uh, seven and Trent was on strike, and there was neat storage going in, and you didn't know what you were going to catch. It was either going to be a roach or chub or other various things that came through that system because nothing was being treated exactly the same down here. And the fishing was yeah. the best we'd ever known, honestly, the best we ever yeah. known. So yeah. you know, you don't want to see things like that going in in any water system. But no, no. come later on in the year, as it got closer and closer and closer, another few years move on. Our fishing winterly is trying to catch fry on pieces of maggot. You squeeze head out and trying to catch a fry. And then you catch 30 fry and they're, mm. they're arguing. Say, well, I've got 26 fry. They've got away more. So none of them register. So they've got to register. <laughs> they've got four drams, no matter yeah. what. Uh, and so they're there and they're falling out. So we should count a fish. And I thought, oh, this isn't what I've come into my fishing for. One, I like fish that pull back. I've never been a small fish man all my life. And I thought, I, 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 I don't want this. And at that time, Allcroft course fishery had started up. Yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, I sort of watched them dig it all out because I used to play there when I was a young man, like a young kid, and swimming the idle at the side of it, the river. And I watched them dig it all out and fill it up, and I watched fish coming. I thought, oh, this is in close season, this would be all right, this is a little bit of this. And I made the transition. Didn't catch much at first because I want that many fish in it in real terms to what it, it needed. A, a lake mm-hmm. that's like it's a really big lake. And I, enjoy, I started to enjoy it. And then all of a sudden you get a, a big fish. You put a load of big hybrids in that was up to seven and eight pound, which fought harder than the carp he'd got in at that time. And I took to it. 
I just took to this mixed way of fishing, catching carp, not, not knowing what you were going to catch next. And uh, it became my transition. And one thing I can say, because yeah. I transitioned quite early, I got a feel of it. I got a feel of how fishing and what your feeding was different, you know, and what you had to do and what you couldn't do. And because I come from a river, I don't know if you can remember, Keith, in the winter, people, uh, people never liked to – we used to feed a lot. You know, six and seven pints was not uncommon. You know, and, oh, yeah. and Keith Hobson always says they fed a gallon. Well, he fed five pints. The three pints were around his feet. That wasn't the truth of the matter because it, it didn't actually <laughs> feed a gallon. He spilt more, most of them. But in the winter when you went carping, <laughs> what we had to do was – because I'm, I were a feeder and I'm an aggressive angler. You know, I, I fish to win. I don't fish to win a section. I always fish to win. I had to feed in the reeds because I could not – I could not not feed <laughs> – but I knew if I fed, I wasn't going yeah, to catch I anything. Exactly so I'd pick an handful of bait up, yeah. just chuck it into reeds like that, feed ducks, and I have to tell me, and I'll feed it reeds, not feeding fish. But I, I, it's a mindset that we've got as, a, as river anglers yeah. and canal anglers. You must feed on a regular, regular basis. Uh, so getting that right, and that, you get it right before a lot of other people. And uh, yeah. So what would that have been, about 19, just, just into the 90s, wouldn't uh, it? Yeah, yeah, 93, 94, something like that. Yeah, that's when it'll be. Yeah. Because I remember I didn't do the first Fishermania, which, of course, Ian won. Yes, Turner won that at Mallory Park. Um, My poor old mate, Dickie Carr, lost that car winding in at the end. It cost him the match. But anyway, Ian won it and won it really, really well. Um, Then the next year, I think that was at Hawkeye. So that would have been 95. And I didn't work on that. Because, because it was bank holiday weekend and um, I was on the John Smiths and when Sky said, Tight Lines had started then, they said, oh, um, will you be at Hallcroft? Can you be at Hallcroft? I said, no, sorry. I'm on the John Smiths that weekend. I can't, can't work. No, that's I'm right. fishing. You know, I didn't know how long, didn't know Tight Lines was going to go 20 years and, and, and I'd be there for all of them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I blew them out that weekend. But I was there the third year when um, when Dave Pimlock. Yes. Was it Dave Pimlock won it that year? Or was it Andy, Andy Jennings, Andy Jennings won it the first? Yeah, he won it the first. The first, uh, all yeah, the, he won it the. Yes, and that's then right. P- yeah. Dave Pimlock yeah. won it. Then Pimmy, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't there. I don't think I was there for the Andy Jennings one. I think that's when I was at, at, um, at the, the on the Avon at Eversham, um, but I was there uh, commentating on the what I still think was from an angler of my generation. Um, the best fishermania one with 14 pound but 14 ounces separated the yes. top six yes. and we gen- you know nowadays sometimes we don't know who's going to win it but mostly yes. we do yes it, mostly it, after it, two it, hours it that, we know who's going to win it that's called what's he called uh, something uh, used somebody used don't they do pretty well in it now oh yeah, is, is yeah it, I can't, Jimmy, Jimmy James 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 Hughes <laughs> Oh, James, oh, James that's, Hughes, that's it, yeah. He's yeah. not bad, yeah. he? has been quite good. Yeah, he's, he's not bad, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's budding, he's a budding <laughs> talent. And that Andy Power as well, Andy Power, he's oh, not bad, oh, is he? He's there oh, again. Uh, I don't I don't know if Bagger's, has Bagger Bennett not, qualified not, yet for this year? Yet. I don't know. But, I thought I'll just troll up on last round. And... <laughs> Perry Stone, who knows how to catch a lot of fish, qualified at top of manor. We're getting on for £500. <laughs> Um, but he won't quite find that at uh, uh, where no, it is this year. No. But um, it, it's it's going to be a good match. I think it's going to be a good. But anyway, let, let's let's just go back now. Take another step back because, as usual, we're, we're leapfrogging ourselves, and go back to Fishermania. And I can't remember from the titles last year, but you've been on Fishermania in the studio next to me. But on the beginning of the program, <laughs> almost every year, because the opening titles have got you n- scooping, netting, Im- netting in midair that little koi yep. carp at uh, yes. Hayfield um, to, to win the yes. match, and and that was that was at ninety nine. Yeah, I remember it well. Funnily enough, well, I'm not surprised. Yeah, <laughs> yes, um, I mean the, the, I, that. that that was another great match, oh. wasn't it? I mean, it was it was a funny fish. I wasn't sure about catching gold, you know, like pe- what people's pets were having their pond, but that the, was still uh, that was still the, a terrific. Match. One, funnily enough, when the guys come to work, I've been tra- I train people. And I, I was training a guy today, and he says, "I recognise you. You're a fisherman." I says, "Yeah." Anyway, he got on about fishermen. I says, "We have to." Uh, 
it's on YouTube, you have to have a look. And he, he looked and he was looking at that and he shouted me across, he says, I can't believe how exciting that is, that, that last five minutes, yeah. which it was. It, oh, it, 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 not, it was yeah. nerve-wracking for me there, like. But that that one, he says, I can't believe that fish flew through air. I says, <laughs> I was going to get yeah. it no matter what. It's set in stone now, isn't it? You can't take it off, mate. I've got it. Oh, absolutely, can't take it away. Still that's got the right. trophy, yeah. And 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 that's that was an, that was like an era that the first um, Hayfield visitation because there's really been yes. three, hasn't there? Because there was Hayfield, what, what is now Ireland's Lake, used to yes. be Lucy's Lake. And then it went on to Little yes. Adams, and then it went to Cudmore, and then it went back to yes. Ireland Lake. Uh, but that first visitation of Fishermania at Hayfield was genuinely a ringer's oh. bonanza. If if you count you as the fourth ringer, you know you, you took a lot of money I mean, off. We that. we were qualifying. Uh, it, it wasn't all, all carp fishing. We were qualifying on natural natural venues. Oh no, I'm Steve Ringer qualified at Dorchester on the Thames, sixteen pound a bring. Qualified twice for, for final because you could fish the match yeah. if, you, if you wanted to. Again, so he says, "Well, it's a big match. I'll come and fish it." He qualified yeah. twice in one year, but on natural venues, there used to be nearly all natural venues. Yeah. Uh, the first year was a field. I had I, I qualified. Uh, I had a chance. Of, cameras got to me a little bit, Keith. To be fair, and, and listening to people's comments behind talking and. And a bit of nerves, and a few things I did wrong. I put all new line on my reel, and when you try to cut new line through a skim, it don't go through. You know, Maxime was it? It needs to be old no. line that's bedded in properly. So I did a few things wrong. Well, it, it's, that, I don't know if you know, but new line yes. is greased as it comes out the machine. As it's extruded, it goes through an oil bath, which is why new line floats. Which is why detergent yes. makes it sink because it, it takes the oil off it. But yeah. you know, I couldn't get it to sink, and various various things went off, and I didn't win it, and I was really really gutted. But year after, Steve won it. On practice, we were the only people at that time fishing with expanders. Now these were six mil expanders. These things were like. Nobody else used them, the proper trout expanders. And you could cover them in boiling water, they'd all float, and you had to squeeze them under water to get them sink. But some had hanging just under the surface, like an inch deep. And practice, Steve, yeah. Steve must have had 100 carp must one day practicing. Every, on Waggler as well, every drop in. And, you know, Steve's hyper into do you know what I mean? And we yeah. learnt loads and loads and loads about fishing for carp there. And Jeff says, well, you can't be beat. One of you two is going to win this, you can't be beat. Well, Steve drew a good peg. Steve drew the peg with a rope at the corner of the island where it meets the water and it was always a good peg it was quite shallow and everybody thought well that's game over Steve's drawn a good feeder peg uh, his first trip went over at rope and he pulled for a break and that was the end of his match really it just got worse and worse and worse the wind were blowing the wrong way at that time there was nobody on the opposite side of the island so um all the fish migrated to just the side of the rope and to our end of the lake, which is the, the, the uh, furthest away from the pub end. Uh, and I were down there. I were down there on the end of a cow drink. And I started to catch a few fish, and it was getting better and better. He could see a few more fish. And Jeff says, well, he can't be beat. So he went and put another wedge on me. And, of course, as soon as he went down the wedge, he come back, and I caught another fish. That was that was the end of that. And... Uh, and in, in, in the in the commentary with you was Alan Scotton, and I remember it praying as day. Alan's there because obviously I, I watch I watch him back, uh, and and he says to you, Keith. He said, "I've known that Steve Cook in a, a lot of years in his in his Yorkshire accent. I can't do him very well." Like. He says, "He's a real good angler. He'll go on and win this. Now I have every faith he's going to win it. I never had another fish, so move that on two years to when I actually won Fishermania." <laughs> he said he went studio, and I says. You say one word about me wanting to win it, and I'm going to hold you under water until you can't breathe anymore. Do not mention <laughs> me winning it. And uh, if you remember, if you think back and look at it, if you ever get a chance to look back at it, he actually says, Steve's doing really well, but I don't mention anything about it because he says he's going to throttle me if I do. So he remembered it. So, but <laughs> That's a great uh, story, it, that is. I mean, th this, I've never said this to anybody online but I've told Jeff and I've told a few other people the year I won it I actually dreamt the night before of me being on stage picking up and there was, don't you get deja vu I'd be sat there and I thought I know what's going to happen next yeah. and it did there was a few things happening that 
get my weight wrong on Fisher Mania Day when they weighed me wrong. And you said to him, he ain't got nine kilo. It ain't gone round twice. It's only gone round once. And, and um, yeah, yeah. I think they had you down for seventeen kilo, yeah, and it yeah. was only nine. Yeah, I know it was ridiculous. And the thing, well, there was a few stories behind that because Jeff said to him, "You've got his weight wrong." I've been weighing twenty odd years. I know what I'm doing. He said, "You've got your." I've been weighing twenty, and then you questioned him. So uh, <laughs> there was a few things that there was, but but the actual <laughs> weighing. The my weight being recorded wrong, I actually dreamt that. I actually that was part of my like premonition. So the few things that happened that I thought, and I, 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 I never, I, I was really confident on morning. And when I drew it, Jeff said to me, we, "We'll not win it from there." I says, "Well, I think we've got a bit of a chance." And we got there, and the loads of fish showing. I said, "We've got a chance here today, King." Well, you remember I used to party the night before. You know, we used to like a few beers. Me and yeah, oh, yes. Oh, when we had yeah. the old Fishermania ball, well, that was uh, legendary, that was. I, I remember being sat on my box, I thought, I'm really dehydrated, and I drank a full bottle of water, and I got the shakes. Like, and that were nerves, a little bit of nerves. Because obviously, I, I, yeah. from a personal point of view, if you don't get nervous on a big match, there's no point fishing it. But it, it has to make you no. feel what it makes no. you feel, else you wouldn't be there doing what we do. So I got yeah. a bit of nerves, and I went, yeah, yeah just getting ready for the start. Once it starts, you catch a fish, everything disappears. And he's looking at me and says, what the hell's up with you? He says, you shouldn't have got in that start state last night. So I'm not happy with you. I'm going to go and see Stephen at way. So until you get yourself sorted out. And anyway, he goes on. He came back. He says, I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. Stephen's as bad as you as well. Two best anglers on here. Got a chance to win it. And you're both in state. You're in life. I says, it's the way it is. And I, I always treat it that fishing, qualifying for fishing mania was special. It was a special, at that time with the ball and everything else, it was special and the cameras made it special. Everybody wants to win it, but if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, it'll happen. And that year was meant to be me. And, that, and yeah. that's how I've looked at every one of fish, Keith. I've yeah. on uh, eight or nine I've fished. I, I, yeah. I think if it's going to be me, I'll win it. I'll not do anything wrong. It'll be, it'll be perfect under that. Yeah. So. I, I, I think it was... Um... Because there's a lot of Steves in Angry. Always has been for some reason. I don't know what. I don't know. At one stage in my little fishing club, we had four Steves, like twenty members, and four of them were Steve, which is incredible. But so you got yes. Steve Jackson, Steve Ringer, and Steve Cook. Obviously, one fishermania. But I'm, I'm sure I'm right. You'll have to twist my memory if I'm not. But I think Steve Jackson and Steve Ringer won it from the same pair. Uh, or they moved the number. peg up. It was, it, a, it was casting yes, into that was corner a, of the same island. Number, yes. Yeah. Yes. Casting into that same corner of the island, and 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 from the bank, it actually looks like they're casting yes. onto the bank, and we could see on on the monitors on the TV they're actually yes. casting about a yard short. And a couple of years later, another angler drew that peg, very very good angler, couldn't make the chuck. He he didn't have the the necessary talent. Yes. Or experience, probably, to make that cast. And, and you know, he, he mugged me off, really, because of, he's going to win. He obviously catches loads and loads of fish. But he, he, he thought he was getting closer than he was, and he just wasn't getting close enough. And it's happened a couple of times since as well. But, you know, it is a, it is a great match. One, it one, does get oh, to oh, people. I, definitely, yeah. definitely. It's only, that, it's only the first year I was in it that it got to me, Keith. But one thing I can say is our tattle's moved on now. I can cast that, I can cast that distance quite easily. With a, a, a ten foot bomb rod, that we 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 have quite easily, yeah. and just our our, our tattles changed. Yeah. How everybody we used to use thirteen footers then, a thirteen foot rod to to, to make that distance. We're, right. we're a shot leader yeah. now. You don't need anything yeah. like that at all. Yeah. But it's just that rods and reels and feedering has changed as it designer feeders um the, the the tactical nous of feeder anglers now some somebody made a comment on a facebook thread the other day and i had to laugh because um this is this is someone that obviously knows everything about fishing and and he was saying that um people are leaving the big matches alone because they've not got a chance to beat the the, the Jamie Hughes's and the Andy Powers, etc., etc., and, and the baggers, they're never going to beat those. So they're going on feeder matches because they're easier. And I, I think, and and you know, I've I've never fished a feeder match, but knowing what I know about the way anglers fish it, I would say feeder fishing is actually the most technical of the the, the match fishing disciplines. 
In my opinion, and I'll wait to be proved wrong, feeder fishing is the most technical of disciplines because you've got so many things that you've got to have right. Because if you haven't, someone else have. The, the, someone else will have it right. And, and, and they'll, they'll, they'll what, take your One of the down. things is about this new feeder fishing that we've, we, we do now. I would say for my early years of my life, we got it wrong. You know, because yeah, silverfish don't see hooks very often. That's that's for sure. Uh, not like carp will caught daily. Um, so people, you get away with big hooks when we were fishing with uh, with, with a, a lot of small hooks. But there's things like your ground bait, not the mix or that what it is, but how much water you get in it. Do you have it really like pasty? So virtually none comes out. Just leaves a little tiny trail yeah. of a cloud, or you get to come out half its way down when you come out. To, when they wanted to come out on bottom and it's a continual thinking and that's one of the things why Steve's world number one because Steve thinks on the move he doesn't yeah. need somebody to tell him he's thinking and altering yeah. and, and sorting things out and, and, and him and Phil together oh they're a formidable the formidable pair together. and because they, they never yeah. stop thinking trying yeah. looking seeing what's happening working out how what happens what the fish want because we really don't know we guess that the fish want it like this all fish feed on bottom the, the reality is we're not really sure. Seeing seeing video evidence of what no. what fish do and why they seem to do it, what we think does it makes a massive difference because we're actually seeing it in practice now as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when you see, you see those the carp swimming, literally swimming around your hook bait and picking yes. up everything except your hook bait, and then from nowhere. A silly one comes in and eats it, and the rods around, and it, it, it's and you then know, you see they're them taking well. off. But the ones that are there grazing, when you, you see don't them as well, when they pick it up and spit it out, and you, you don't, or you get a little yak, and you think, oh, how's that oh. got that hook out of its mouth? And, and yeah. the, we, we're yeah. learning all the time, really, Keith. That is, it, it's in, it, I've yeah. always been interested in my feeder fish because I love my breed. I mean, when you think, <clears throat> my average up length. Uh, an upsize when I used to fish with them at Welland for bream and catching under a pound plus or ferry meadows at that time was 010 up length and a 20. And I sat behind uh, Ivan Marks, a young man, yeah. on, on, on with them. I went to see him. My brother took me and I went and sat behind him. And I, I was watching him. And there was probably nine of us stood watching him. And it was swing tipping then. And he shouted at me, he goes, Come and sit here, lad. You can't see anything yeah. there. And I went down and sat on a little box. And he was chatting to me and explaining, he said, never ever fish, ever fish as light as you can, really light. So, and I went, told me what oak length he got on. And he, he, he said, I've got 12 ounce racing torture on. That, uh, that's what he says I'm fishing. He says, I'm not catching a big bream, I'll catch skimmers up to two pounds. And he said, watch this. He said, I'll play to crab. Well, he said, watch this. He wound in. And it, he's going, oh, I can't believe I missed that. And as he grabbed all of his oak length, he crushed it in his fingers and held it up with these mangled maggots to him. I says, I never saw your tip move, Ivan. Is it never? It never, but they don't know that. Keep that between ourselves. And it were uh, uh, <laughs> my hero for, for that type of fishing. He were a lovely guy. Yeah. And I'll never forget what he taught me then about my fishing. And I transferred that myself to my fishing, that fish light. And, but now, that's all full circle. You don't catch like that. I'm not saying fish don't have it, you don't catch some fish, but you no, don't no. catch the amount you do fishing with a big hook. And a single and double maggot or a piece of worm, and things have changed. Things change. Absolutely, yeah. And and you 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 wonder, and if you went back to fishing like that, if you'd catch any answer is no, you wouldn't. You'd still you'd catch it. You'd probably still catch thirty pounds where you used to catch thirty pounds, but you fish probably you'll catch hundred. I, I remember pounds. That's fishing, the difference. Uh, I finished third in uh, um, a brewery open on, on with them, and. At, there were that many bream in my peg, I didn't know when to pick it up. I literally pull it right off at rest mm. and pick it up oh, another liner. And yeah. now I thought, if I'd only got a method feeder rod now, I'd have wanted four nets. It was, there was four of us in a line. Yeah, yeah. I had, exactly, I had that in Ireland, exactly the same on the Shannon, exactly the same. Cast out and you could feel your bomb hitting the fish on the way down. And it'd get to the bottom, and it, it, we were swing tipping, had a loaded swing tip on the Shannon in those days. And the thing was going up, and the line was going tight, and the old Ardy swing tip was going round. And you'd pick up, and there was nothing there. And, and I thought, oh, what am I doing? And, and Mac Davis, we were fishing against the PAA that day, and Mac Davis next to me had £101. And, and, and won the match and I think I, I think I might have been fourth or 27 and, and, and jo Johnny Tolson framed and he took um, a big soup ladle 
on a on a broom handle to feed his ground bait. And he was putting a big ball of ground bait in this soup ladle and two handed bosh into the middle of the Shannon on the Plassey. And he did that for 40 minutes after the whistle went. He fed for uh, 40 I, I, minutes. I, I remember yeah. that day, obviously quite a bit, they were quite young then. But I had I, I dropped it short just into the deep water. And it still didn't matter where I dropped it. All the way across, it would bring oh, yeah. every bit of way across. It didn't really matter. But it's strange how our fishing's changed now. You know the, what the techniques and what we use, and yeah. uh, uh, for the better, there's a lot more fish being caught now. You know, would you ever? You see these feeder matches, Keith, oh, when they're fishing sure. for roach and they're fishing with a, a fourteen and a single maggot hooked sideways on, and the pulp rotted. You know, we used to fish the yeah. twenty twos and yeah. twelve ounce bottom, and you, you strike every little indication. No, they don't know. And they were the most difficult to catch on the bottom. We used to fish a lake in Kent, Moat Park Lake. And the shallow end, sometimes to bring me there, when it ro- went, you had to fish for roach. And, and Peter Burton and I, the great Peter Burton, where he's gone, who knows, um, we, we developed a style there where we greased our line on the swing tip and floated our line, it was only four, three, four foot deep, floated our line on the top because when the fish, when, if the fish felt the swing tip roach, they'd let go. But if you had that bow in the line, we used to watch the bow. And if you left it, if you left it, it'd give them so, so long, they'd straighten the bow and then they'd pull the tip up. And, and that's how we used to catch them. But as you say, if we'd have had now, I mean, people are catching 50 pound of roach. I saw uh, Michael Buckwelder the other day, he had, he had 60 pound of skimmers and little roach, like 130 fish, 140 fish on a, a tamer on the feeder. Unbelievable, unimaginable. Not unbelievable, unimaginable. It's, you, you, we've all seen 100 pound on the feeder. We've all caught 100 pound on the feeder. But that's been like 30 fish or 50 fish. But now people are getting 200 fish that's in right. five hours on a feeder. And you can, under, you can understand, Keith, when you think about it, to, to compete at this game with, with, with feeder fishing, you Two or three feeder rods, you can compete. You don't need massive amount of kits. You just need a few feeders. You don't need a million rigs of different floats of this. And hooks are pretty straightforward, maybe three patterns and not many sizes. And, and, and your ground bait. Your, your secret is how much you're feeding yeah. your ground bait. That's right. You can't buy knowledge. Yeah, it's what you know, feeder fishing. And, 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 and what you can, not only what, what you know, but what you can work out and and even guess and and you sometimes guessing it's right and you sometimes guessing it's wrong and, and we could do that a lot on the float we can see a lot more on the float you can judge things a lot more on the float but when you're on the feeder you, your guessing has got to be proved right pretty quickly it is it's an astonishing sport feeder fishing and i'm, I'm too too old to get in now i don't have the time to get into it now but um yeah i would i would pretty much love to be into feeder fishing one of the things that uh, uh they did was Jeff had got a, 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 a big pond with some coisin and carping, and they used to test what happened to fish feeding wise. Watch them feed when they're feeding, when they're not feeding. What can you do? Do they come up? Do they go down when it's cold temperatures and things like that? So, because mm-hmm. Steve and Phil don't get this by chance, and Jeff, it's not, not it's not guesswork. They spend a lot of time, <clears throat> which most people haven't got that amount of time. And one of the things, uh, when we used to go to Drayton and use fish on the top, surface fishing, uh, with chummy bit mixers, one of the things I found out in his pond is if you feed them mixers on top, they'll come up and they eat them. And the, the, he had a big shag, shag is it shagoid, they call them? Yeah. A, a big one. And it'd come up and it'd have like four, maybe five chummies off the top. And then he'd sit on the surface, munching it. Like he'd got his mouth full and he was crunching them up all in his gills and you see yeah. bits coming out at side and he'd sit there maybe 20 minutes and he'd just sit there on the surface, not moving, not swimming much. And then you drop some more on and he'd, not, he, other ones would have it. Then all of a sudden, he'd come up and eat them. So I thought, well, that's really strange. And then they noticed all of them did it. When they'd had three or four, they'd have to sit underneath. So they could put them on the feed. This Steve said, what we'll do, we'll cover them in boiling water so many seconds because they time everything i can't remember how long it is but yeah put them in a bag put them in the fridge they don't swell up the same size and you can put them with baiting needle you don't need to drill them or anything like that you can put them with baiting needle and cast them out they're still looking exactly the same size and not swelled up and you can cast them all out then they're feeding these to them and that same fish had eat an old half a pint because he ain't got to grind them up 
It just eats yeah. them and swallows them, eats them and swallows yeah. them and eats them and swallows them. And that's yeah. one of the reasons, a lot of people don't realise, is that's one of the reasons why caster and maggot fishing for these carp and uh, F1s is so good. Because they don't have to chew and crush and keep going. Yeah. They just keep yeah. eating and eating and eating and eating and eating. And it all, this, like I said, they don't work things out by chance. No. They work Do you know, I, I, I used to have exactly the same theory on canals in winter and when it was really cold and clear i would go onto a canal dominated with bloodworm and win with bread and i might be the only one fishing bread but when you think about it that little pellet of bread you can just suck it in and it's gone you're feeding nothing you're feeding dust basically it's like like, you know it's like little britain yeah you've got to have your dust and you're feeding (laughs) your dust but when you feed a bloodworm that roach has got to take, and it was all roach, obviously. The roach has got to take that bloodworm into its throat, and to get any goodness out of it, it's actually got to crush it in its yeah. pharyngeal teeth. And every time you catch a roach that hasn't busted the bloodworm, that's taking it, but it's not eating it. And and the same with caster. You know, some days you could catch on caster on the canal, but it's quite an effort for a roach to eat a caster because it's got to take it into its mouth hole, it's got to crush it in its teeth at the back of its throat, and then then you hook it in the lip when it's spat the hook out, basically. So, yeah, that's that's amazing. They've taken it to that stage with carp. That is just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And that worms another one of course worms easy to eat when you chop yeah. it up as well yeah and it obviously everybody feeds our pellet yeah everybody feeds our pellet and of course it's yeah. all, you've got a lot of fish there you, you catch like well let me catch massive weights now on this caster but you catch 100 pound that put 120 pound on yard pellet you swap to caster yeah. or rather side fish caster or maggot he changes that to 200 pound but if yeah. you've if, if, I've never really tried. I have had a mess with with, with soft pellet, soaking my pellet, uh, four mil pellets, and, and such like for doing it. But I don't really have the. T- I ain't got the time or inclination no. to spend any amount because I don't want to try and catch two or three hundred pound of F one skeeth. I'm too old and too slow. You know, I, I had a toilet <laughs> eight times in a match now, so it, yeah. if you had to go once, you can't win. <laughs> That's you know, right. Yeah, you it. can't. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So. Um, you mentioned about your 10-foot feeder rods, and I know for a long time now you've been um, strongly associated and affiliated with Garbolino, who yes. are, you know, being a company that makes tackle for all over Europe. Um, we're developing this feeder skill. It sounds really weird, but we're developing it from what the Europeans were doing. Having taught them how to do it, they then did it better than us, and we're now learning it back again. And, and, yeah. and they've developed some very, very special rods. Yes. I mean, obviously, I've been with Gabalino from when it, 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 it became separated from it was UK uh, side of things to just Gabalino. All of, all the poles are made in France. Yeah. So they're not made in, in China. So yeah. you've got some cracking anglers in in France who's, who's uh, pole anglers, top bottom, silverfish pole anglers especially, who are now starting to swap to carp angling. The, 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 it's a quite a big following for carp angling in there now, match fishing for carp. So it, it was. It, it's a natural breed across to move to to where they are now with uh, uh, to UK market. We we sort of built it up from its very slow beginnings. Uh, we had some cracking equipment come in pretty early on, which is still now even iconic. Some of our uh, uh, G system, G uh, G Max, and stuff like that. People even now ask. All the time, where can I get one from? Trying to buy them second hand because oh, they've got premium price, price, yeah. That's There's right, premium uh, on the uh, price of those, yeah. Some of our kit is still really highly sought after that way, and we're bringing we're improving all the time. But as you know, Keith, in real terms, fishing tackle is cheap, yeah. You know, I, I remember I, I've still got two Mac 2 borons, which cost yeah. me there was 110 pounds, and a week's wage for me then at that time was 70 pounds, yeah. That would have been 1982. Now, Something like that, 82, yeah. 83, would it have been? Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. about and, and if you think a week's wage now averages £500, that's equivalent to £750 on one 13 foot float rod. So, obviously, being with, with Gabalino, we're a good company that really helps massively that the equipment is top notch. Yeah. Uh, we do input and help input what we think is right, wrong, good, bad, indifferent. Uh, does it always come through? As we think, no, because it's it's a big European company, and, and you've got in, to fit everybody. You can't just fit. It can't be one side. You know, 
it, it can't be just that's just for that that like that rod's perfect for fishing ferry meadows you've got to have one that's perfect for fishing ferry meadows and other places that's right and obviously european market is massive compared to uk market yeah. but we fish different we fish different so we have to sort of mix and match a little bit of of what we do our products uh some some of our products are just for uk market you know they are just for us to, to use it and blended for us uh, by Darren. You know, Darren uh, puts a lot of input in. Uh, Darren spends Cox, a lot yeah, we, we've had Darren. Darren's been uh, been on a cruise with me on this on on this very podcast, and yeah, he's um, he's an, he's another top top bloke. Yeah, it's yeah. funny you said about the, the the foreign market is huge. I remember when I was working for Darren, I would have been probably ninety three, ninety four, and they came up with the first long nose match reel, the TD sixteen fifty DF and the sixteen fifty sorry, and the thirteen fifty um, float reel, sixteen fifty feeder reel, and. Um, we were given, they said, right, what do you think of them? And we were at the sales meeting, but they've got to be black. They've got to do this. They've got to do that. And um, the Italians wanted them silver. And we said, no, no, never sell a silver reel. You can't sell a silver reel for love nor money. And I think the first year we sold something like 1,500 and the Italians sold 12,000. And they just said, well, you know, we'll let the Italians have the choice next time. And if they want a silver reel, we'll have to put up with it. But, yeah, so, you, you know, the, the market is, as you say, that the, the quality tackle market in those days was definitely more in Europe. I think we've now learned a bit uh, and, and we now that the, the top match anglers do use top gear. There's, they've got oh, to use yeah. quality gear. You, you can't get away with using, you know, you, you can do on some fisheries, you know, chucking a pellet waggler 20 yards and, and you know, winding in four-pound carp. You can do that with lots of things. But when, you, when you're casting a feeder, like when Steve talks about, he put it out of Boddington, 210 metres, and, yeah, you know, you carry, yeah, you carry on with that, yeah. When you see him do it, Keith, he does it with ease. You oh, know, yeah. It's technique, but, yeah. We used to watch it's, David Gower hit a four. He never worked very hard doing that, did he? Took me all all my energy to get a bolt to boundary. I, I've, if I go on a river, and it's very rare I go on a float fishing on a river nowadays, uh, I still use my Mitchell matches. Yeah. I still use my yeah. old Mitchell matches that, that, that wind your line on the wrong way, really, if you're trotting, yeah. because yeah. you can't uh, feather it. You have to feed it through your fingers. But... and. I know what I'm doing. I know. I, I you obviously it, couldn't I afford to dive a 1657 DM that does it the right way around and close the bail arm manually. Those reels have never been improved on for that kind of fishing because you don't normally use a drag because their drags are terrible. Um, on all of them, they're terrible. Um, but they, and they spin up the line if you don't know what you're doing. And and yeah, but they, there's still nothing that matches them for for that kind of fishing. No. So. No. You, you, you've said you've got one fish o qualifier left. Are you fishing any of the other big matches? Uh, I've, I've already qualified for um, maybe match this. I've qualified All right, for good. Well done. Uh, down here. Um, so that's at A field, um, which is close for me. So that that's yeah. all right. And I, I I always think A field's a strange place. It's close for me, uh, but I don't. It's one of those places where I don't. I think I'll have a chance. Yeah. You know, even though I've got a fishing main ticket for uh, Westwood Lakes, uh, if I qualify, I don't think I've got a cat and else chance of beating these lads. I, I just, I, I, it, it'll be a fish race. Uh, yeah, I think it will. I think you're right. I think it's going to be, I, th I think you're going to need between 70 and 120 fish to win there. Yeah, and very technical. Mm. So, so, as you said earlier, you're looking at that funny bloke, that somebody called Hughes, and you're looking at yeah. uh, the power. And yeah. maybe a few others who... And you know, Bagger Bennett, if he gets through, because a couple of the local lads are a bit tasty there as well. I'll tell you, you know, yes. there's a couple of lads there that, that uh, I've had my card marks about. There's some very, very yeah. good anglers in that there final. Is, there is, Keith, and, and already, yeah. if if it was a carp match and I got through, I think, well, I've got a chance to catch. I know how to catch carp, and you only need say, 10, 10 bites in match or 12, 12 carp. <laughs> That's that's okay. I can manage that. When I'm wanting to catch seventy fish or fifty fish, like I say, it's it's uh, you've got to be technically get it right from start. You can't get it wrong. Yeah. You're three fish behind, and you can't catch them up. No, no, the guys are quick. No. They don't mess. So that's even though I'd like to fish final, I mean, if truth be known, apart from the very first year when I thought twenty five thousand pounds for in a match, I'm having a laugh. It's a con somewhere along the line. That's never going to happen. And then my, my 
traveling partner won it. He actually won it with my rod and reel key, believe it or not. He bought, he really? He bought, I've still got the rod. I would never part with that rod. Again, special memory for me. Uh, the reel, I think I gave it to somebody else. But he bought because I got a 13-foot Daiwa Kevlar, and that's what he said he needed. So I bought him that, and he had a, 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 a Shimano uh, reel for, for him to cast that distance. And he won it with that. Uh, a year after that, I, I was with Steve at, at Allcroft. And I got the bug then. So a year after that, I thought I'm going to fish it. And from that, every single year, if I haven't fished it, I've been there either with you on stage. You've called, you used to call us on sometimes, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Come and have a chat yeah. with us. So we'll come and have a chat. Uh, Orange, when they sponsored it, they got me and Jeff to, to be roving reporters for Orange, and they were sending faxes yeah. and texts out all the time. So well, another time. So I've always been, I've always been part of it. It's a great day. It's a great day out. Like for everybody, it is. It's, a, it, it's a fan, even even now, and it's it isn't like it used to be because nothing ever is. But it's still pretty damn good. It's, it's still a very very special day. Everybody, one thing I'll say, Keith. I mean, there's not big. There's that match thing for hundred thousand pound, and which you know, yeah. I think our sport should have have some more money and recognition put into it. But Fishermania, all aside, is the one. Yeah. On TV, yeah. with you there commentating, having your two pennies worth, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, that we, we say about people. Uh, not that we do say anything bad, but but the fact is it's there live on telly. There's, when I was at work, where I used to work before, uh, people said, I, I hate fishing, I'm not interested in fishing, but I love watching that. Says, there's something about sat there watching it. I said, yeah. I, I can't wait for you to go on. They used to sat there, it's kept free for Fisher Mania. And I understand it. And when people's fished yeah. it, as you know, Keith, once somebody's fished it once, been there once, oh, they, they can't wait to get back. That's right. Anybody that says anybody that says that anybody says they don't want to fish Fishermania again, they right. have done something that makes them unwelcome. That's right. And if you think about it, Keith, we had it in the good years when they used to roll up it, yeah. make us all walk out in front of everybody, and we invited back every year for a meal and to be part yeah. of it. It was special, really, really special. Some of the cabarets we used to have as well. I remember Russell Watson singing while we ate our dinner. Yeah. Catherine Jenkins yeah. was there another year singing while we had our dinner. We've seen Edwin Starr, the bootleg Beatles, yeah. um, the Blues Brothers. Blimey, we had some cabarets yes. on those. Yeah. But the best cabaret was after they'd finished back in the bar, <laughs> watching the antics of, 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 of some of the some of the anglers that probably wouldn't win it the next day. Uh, but yeah, they, they were they were they were great days. Yeah, our sport has. Well, our sport has got much more professional since then, hasn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing was, there was everything about it, wasn't it? Like, like on the day of the match, they'd walk round and they'd say, uh, good luck to everybody. Barry Earn had walked round and he was there presenting yeah. everybody with the, the trophy. It, it, it was yeah. special. It was really, really special. Yeah. Uh, not that yeah. it isn't now, but it it's still has the TV side, but it's lost that what made it really, really special. Oh, the real magic. Yes, for the anglers I'm talking, who, who qualify. Yeah. And unless you've yeah. been in them early 10, 11, whatever it was, you don't really know. You don't really no. know. No. It's still a great event, though, and, and still, as, as I say, the event and, and uh, that, that most people, more people probably want to, want, to, want to fish. What I can say, Keith, is obviously I got COVID last year. I should have been presenting it with yourself last year and I got COVID. Mm. And obviously because I got COVID last year, it looks like I might not be doing it this year. So, and, and Well, I, I honestly haven't. They haven't told me anything. Uh, but they've asked me if I'll be there, and I've said yes, I'll be there. And uh, But they haven't said anything at all. But, you know, think these things do happen quite at the last minute what, what I can say Keith as well is that uh, I will like a bear we saw Red when I knew I got Covid four days before I can tell you that now we've already we've spoken about the successes you've had down the years you got any ambitions you know what about what about fishing for the England Oldens you got well, any I've, um... I've actually do you know what I, I saw a thing come on Facebook and it said uh, Tommy was being involved with this uh, over Fifty fives, I think it is. Yeah. And I put, I put a comment. I thought, oh, I'm interested in that. I never heard anything. That next time I looked on Facebook, the, there was only six people turned up for the trials, and of course, all six got through to the well, yeah. not including Tommy, got through to. I think I thought, well, I didn't know that. He says, well, you have to leave it well next year, and we'll sort something out next year. to be part. Yeah. Um, so I miss, I missed that, and I don't know how I, I, I missed that, but I should love to fish my country. Kid. I really love yeah. fish my country. So you've got one more Fishermania to go. You've got golden. You've qualified for matches. You're doing the golden reel and rod and uh, whatever I, else. I maybe I maybe do the odd one. I want to 
of the FIFA Masters, I won't try and qualify for yeah. that. To be fair, oh, yeah. the, the, uh, I qualified for Maver Match this on the Saturday. On the following Wednesday, I fished uh, a Feeder King at, at Southfield Lake. Uh, I had seven skimmers, big skimmers, and the lad outside of me had four. We weighed in, I thought I won this, my zone to qualify, I probably won it on day. I weighed in, uh, I had £19. He weighed his in, I think £21, because he had one nearly £8 and one £7. <laughs> and did me so. So I was second, so I didn't qualify in my zone. That was on the Wednesday. On the following Saturday, I fished the Feeder Masters at Barston. Um, it was fish, fish quite hard. And he had my elastic snap on me, on me. Method feeders twice, brand new elastic on. I put them on the brand stack twice, and I only needed one of them to qualify me. So in three, I could have qualified for three big matches in three days, and through just strange things didn't happen. That's really unusual. Yeah. Never, had, never had it before. Never had it. Never. It's never in the light, so it doesn't perish. It's always stuck away in the dark, isn't it? That's incredible. Just, but to have two. Wow. Um, Two brand new ones snapped together, so that cost me a qualifier to a couple of qualifiers there. So, uh, I want to qualify, I'd like to qualify for Fisher again. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's hope you do, mate. And let's hope if I don't see you, um, you trying will. out a jigger or something like that on the bank, let's hope I'll get to see you on the day. When, you will. Who knows? You may be we, standing behind well, me for sharing an egg sandwich. Well, Gabalino's definitely there. Uh, oh, are they? They're, they're put, having a little stalk show in our latest polls and that because of the brand new out. Nice. And Darren says, yeah. Would I like to come up? I says, Would I? So, <laughs> it, it, am I the fishing? Oh, maybe maybe he won't let you join the commentary well, team then yeah, if you're Well, selected. I did say to him, if, if Keith wants to go and have a chat, he says, You can have a chat with Keith anytime you like. So, I can come and have a chat. <laughs> and that's not saying that Sky don't contact me and ask me to be part anyway. But uh, yeah. so, we'll, we'll see you on, on the day, Keith. Uh, oh, that's brilliant. All right, I've man, also got another thing claim to fame, Keith, as well. Oh, yeah. I'm the only on. person to win Fishermania. I'm the only person to dry net on a Fishermania. Do you know that? I didn't know that. No, I remember that was, and I've just mentioned the jigger. Was that the year of the jigger? I know Matt Hall struggled yes. when he decided he was going to fish Sticky Mag and it poured with rain and none of his maggots would stick. Yes. That wasn't very good. But I didn't, I've, yeah, I've, I do, yeah. You were just to the right of the uh, the crossover yeah. rope, weren't you? You were down not far from the studio. Yes, I had a little ropes that come off on me wearing that. My only bite they had all day. One little ropes come off. But there were reason behind that because the, the, the lad the year before, who I know, Fished somewhere near where I did and end up second on the day. Jamie Hughes won it with Jamie Hughes show. He won it easily, but it, it was yeah. he had thirty five kilo at the, uh, just off of him fishing jigger. So I thought, I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I know what I'm going to do. If there's any yeah. chance, it was going to be like that. But exactly. And and back then, of course. Winning was everything. Now there's prizes for yes. second and yes. section yes. money and everything. But in those days, if you didn't win, you might as well be That's asked. Right. You're in it to win it. That's how I looked at it. You get more famous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Well, listen, it's been great fun talking to you. I always enjoy our chats, and I'm sure we'll be having some even before Fishermania, although I do look forward to seeing you on the day. And um, just keep doing it, mate, and, and, and keep being successful. That's all I can keep, say. Keep keeping yourself going. We'll catch you soon. Thanks to Steve Cook for joining me on the Strange Boat podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Please like, follow and subscribe so you can be kept up to date with new releases and perhaps even go back to listen to shows you've not heard before. I'll be back soon with another top angling personality, so make sure you watch out for that. But for now, from me, Keith Arthur, it's cheers and tight lines. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi there, I'm Kendra Adachi, and I host the Lazy Genius Podcast, a show that helps you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. But here's the kicker. You get to decide what matters, not me. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to give you a new way to see. 
Episodes are around 20 minutes and are full of practical, helpful information, as well as a lot of permission slips to do what makes sense for you. New episodes drop every Monday and cover a broad range of topics from laundry and getting dinner on the table to finding work-life balance and organizing your inbox. So I invite you to give the Lazy Genius Podcast a listen. Together, let's stop doing it all for the sake of doing what matters. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.